exciting is this? With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the My Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Welcome to the Irish Bears show on a night where we tried to make some sense of quite a tough game that finished about 21 hours ago. Um, I don't know how we're going to make sense of it. I don't know what we're going to say, but, you know, we'll dive in. As per usual, I'm joined here by my co-host, Tony. And Tony, how are you feeling this evening? Oh, no, no, no. What can I say? What can I say? Put it this way. We were meant to be on last night um, for a post-game show. Um, and none of us could face it because it was that bad. <laughs> so here we here we are instead, 24 hours later, uh, and we're about to break down that absolute debacle that was last night. But other than that, I'm good. I'm good other than good, that. Good, good. Well, well, that's it, you know. You know new My week, Wi-Fi new seems optimism. to be working okay. Like, so um, well, hopefully yeah, so it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep a timer going there as, a, as you're answering questions and see how close you are to the question. But uh, it looks good so far. But um, yeah, I mean, as you say, last night there was uh, there was some discussion on, you know, will we will we go on now? Will we will we just leave it till tomorrow? I sent out a, a text earlier in response to another or a tweet in response to another, you know, tweet about tonight's show, wondering if that twenty-one hour rest is it gonna is it gonna help us calm down or is it actually gonna allow us time to bubble up and, and to be even more upset? But sure, we'll see how how the how the how the conversation goes. Um. And sure, why not jump straight into it? And on the first question, Tony, I mean, where do we go from here? I think most people probably had the Bears losing anyway. Um, but 
I think what may have shocked some, maybe not others, but for me anyway, just how inept and meek this Bears, especially on offense, um, just how poor it was. I mean, where do we go from here with this kind of performance? Yeah, I mean, where do you go from here? It's, it, we're here several times a year. We've been here several times a year for the last several seasons. Um, we, we get to this point and we ask, you know, we were here three weeks ago after the Browns game. Where do we go from here? And then we had a win against the Lions, which again draws everybody back in because it was a, a big win against a bad team. Um, and, you know, we're back to where we were before. Where do we go from here? I mean, really, where else can you go from here? Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace cannot be allowed to continue to run this because we've seen where we are. We're, we're four years into the Matt Nagy experience um, and nothing's got any better. We're not scoring enough points on the offense. We've had different quarterbacks, different wide receivers, different offensive linemen, different tight ends. And nothing ever changes because the scheme either doesn't work or the coaches cannot coach. You know, the same mistakes have been made by different players playing the same position all of the time. Wide receivers are not getting open. Offensive linemen are not aggressive enough. And they're, you know, in, in terms of doing their job, they, they can never do it. I mean, this goes back to the, the Eagles um, playoff game back in 2018. That's when you really, really get brought to light that this offensive line are not aggressive, and you're not going to win games if you don't have aggressive offensive linemen and offensive and, and defensive linemen. Um, so it's 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 totally systemic is the problem for me. Um, and you know we've got ten games left of the year. Where do we go from here? Do we just continue on and just wait until we get to the end of the season, delaying the inevitable because it's unlikely. I think it's unlikely that Nagy will be back. Whether Pace is back or not, I don't know. I don't think he should be. But if he is, then, you know, fine. But if Nagy's going, why not just why not just go now? You know, we'll start building for next year. Um, because there's nothing telling me that keeping Nagy around for the next 10 games is going to do any favours for the team. And more importantly, for Justin Fields. Because as I spoke about several times, that's the number one priority for this year is developing Justin Fields, getting him going and seeing um, you know, what he's got. Get all your mistakes out of your system this year and get ready for next year. Um, so do you trust Nagy to develop him? I, I, I just don't see how you can. There's nothing, there's no evidence presenting itself to me to say keeping Nagy around is the best thing. No, absolutely. I completely, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I, I do think Nagy is done. I, I just think that there is no coming back for him from this season. But like you, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Pace. I think he should be gone as well. But you know, I, I, I don't know if they'll, they'll go that way. But I, I agree again. I mean, it's like Groundhog Day with this team. We have the same conversations. I mean, as you say, we'll, we lose to the good teams, and then when you think that's it, it's all gone. Oh, we'll beat a couple of bad teams, and oh yeah, we're top of the world again. Look, look. I mean, last season they had a six-game losing streak. They came back then. Sorry, just... Scott. How are things? How are we keeping? Um, better than the than the Bears right now, you know. Absolutely, like the, uh, absolutely. And the, and the COVID-filled Matt Nagy. <laughs> I know. We're just talking about uh, where we actually think we can go from here, and I was just saying. I mean, 
it's it's Groundhog Day with this team. You know, they go round and round. They beat bad teams. They lose to good teams. Nothing changes. We have the same conversations. Uh, they get a couple of wins and they think, yeah, that's it. We're back. This is where it happens. But as I was saying, last year we had a six-game losing streak. Then they came back and they won four games. And they suddenly start using that six-game losing streak as a positive. Look how we came back from that six-game losing streak. You're like, well, well, hang on. You're kind of brushing over the six-game losing streak and concentrating on how you beat a couple of teams afterwards. And it's just, where do we go? Tony. Okay, no. Or, sorry, I got, I got, Scott, where do we go? Nope, I got your answer. I got your answer. Okay, so now I, I'm I'm going to say this, and people are going to like probably say that I have no idea what I'm talking about when I say this, but I want you guys to listen close because this is going to be the answer that we're all looking for. The best thing that has happened to the Chicago Bears this season was Matt Nagy catching COVID. I don't want him to I don't want him to die. I don't want him to 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 have to go to the hospital or anything like that. But the fact that he can't be around this team for at least the next week, that means that they go into the next game with a Matt Nagy free. <laughs> it's a Matt Nagy free zone. Yeah. So this is great. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator for the Packers. He also came uh, – he was diagnosed uh, with COVID yesterday uh, after the game. And, you know, like, just being honest, you know, losing Joe Barry for the Packers, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt the Packers. But, you know, they have the players to weather the storm and things like that. Like, great. Matt Nagy catching COVID for the Bears. Woo! Man! <laughs> yes! Well, as I, I think, say now, I it think... will be interesting to see how um, if that actually does have any sort of effect with him not being in the in the, the building for the next week, and and how things will be prepared. To be honest, I think Scott he'll have his fingers over everything. He'll have his iPads there linked up, and he'll he'll probably still be directing everything anyway. But I mean, it goes back to something that um, Tony mentioned there earlier about you know, do you trust this lot with, with Justin Fields? And I'm going to guess uh, your answer is no, since you're happy that Nagy won't be there for the next few days anyway to uh, to actually work with Justin. Look, I think Fields is, I mean, no matter what, he's still a rookie. He is a project and he is doing things that rookies do. Uh, I think the biggest fault for Justin Fields right now is thinking he can make a play Every time he touches the ball, and guess what? It's not what you need. Sometimes it's okay to throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, the offensive line is not helping him. Uh, and I also think that the pass protection beyond the offensive line, not helping. You know, it's – I can't put all the blame on Justin Fields. And I think there's a lot of people that have put a lot of blame on the kid. Um, and also, at the same time, there are people saying – that Justin Fields struggling says so much about Mitch Trubisky. So uh, I disagree with that because Mitch Trubisky would have been benched by now and his confidence would have been shattered. Um, whereas Justin Fields is going to play through this and he's willing to put in that work so that he can get better. But let's no, not put all of this on fields. There, there's all kinds of units on this team. The running backs in pass protection – They've been good, but they haven't been great. 
the tight ends need to probably not go into pass uh, into pass patterns anymore. Like at this point, if you're gonna if your line is gonna be this bad, then you're gonna have to keep somebody else in. So if that's gonna be your running back, fine. If that's gonna be your tight end, fine. But that means you pretty much only have about you know one or two receivers going out on patterns. That's not enough. This team is in total disarray offensively. And defensively, they have issues too. Well, uh, I mean, fairness to the defense, they're you know they're not perfect. But when your when your offense is given five turnovers and some of them in some very very bad positions against a, a player like Tom Brady, it's difficult. And that will kind of segue us onto the next one, which is just to to have a chat about the, the Bears' best performers. But before we get onto that, just to the guys in the comments, obviously on in the the chat room there, we want to say. Thanks a lot for being on here and look, try your comments in. Let us know how you feel. And those of you watching on Twitter or Facebook, jump onto YouTube and throw a comment in there and just, just tell us how you're dealing with, with how everything went uh, last night and how you're doing today. And just on that, Tony, in terms of Bears' best performers, and you know, it's a short list, I mean, what, what kind of stood out to you? I mean, there wasn't really much to choose from, if we're being honest. Um, it's uh, it's one of those kind of kind of kind of limited categories for this week, but you have to talk about Khalil Herbert. Obviously, you know, eighteen carries, hundred yards. Um, the everyone was going into this game saying you don't run on the bucks. No one runs on the bucks. Well, you know, he ran for hundred yards. Justin Fields picked up another forty yards. Um, so you know, there's a hundred and forty yards running against a team that have not given up anything anywhere near that. So in terms of Herbert. And the running game, again, I think that's probably the best performance that we can we can look at. Just to go back to what you were talking about there, Scott, as well with the with the whole Justin Fields thing. I just, I just wanted to mention it quickly. Fans turning on Fields already is an absolute nonsense. What have we become as a fan base when you're turning on a kid who didn't get any reps with the first team in preseason, got thrown into the game? in week two and since then he's he's still building relationships he's still learning the offense he's still doing this that and the next thing he can't turn on at all for these these reasons it's ridiculous fields is a rookie he's allowed to have and he should have bad games he should make mistakes throw interceptions keep the ball for too long he's a rookie these are things that happen i mean you look at the game yesterday so what three interceptions three fumbles you know it, it's not it's not a great showing but there's other things that are contributing to the fact that he's having bad games. The offensive line is a real weakness. Um, I don't like Sam Mustafer at centre. I've said this continuously. Um, I think he's bullied too much. Um, he fails in his assignments. Um, and it has a real impact on the offensive scheme and the plays. Um, Lacavia Simmons um, should not have been anywhere near that field yesterday. Alex Barr should have started at right tackle if that's the way it was going to go. Um, but and, and you've seen it, you know, the, the mistakes are made. I think Simmons had a pass grade of 0.0, .0 a pass protection grade of 0.0, .0 yesterday. Um, so it just tells you all you need to know. Um, the offensive line, I've seen a really interesting uh, stat on next-gen stats earlier on. So um, Justin Fields has been sacked on 14.4% of his dropbacks this season. He's the only quarterback in the NFL over 10%. Um, but I see that. Isn't it a case that he is the number 30 in passing attempts, but number one in sacked? 
Yeah, exactly. So you know, the offensive line are not holding up at the moment. The Bears that's in five games. That's in five games. Sacks, I think. But yeah. I also seen a stat that attributed. Oh no! Look, who knows how they do it? But they only attribute five of those sacks to Justin Fields. So you know, make with that if you will. You know. Sacks a sack, end of the day. Yeah, um, no, you know, he's still getting brought down. But you're right, you know, only only five of them are being attributed to Justin Fields. So you, you, you're, you're spot on. No, you need to keep that in mind when we're criticising this kid for not doing his job or whatever. I think even at this point, I know the Bears are looking forward to 2022, but they should still be looking to do a reshuffle on that line. I know we're waiting for Borum to come back. Jenkins probably won't play this year. If he does, it won't be for, until the last couple of weeks. And would you, um, sorry to cut you off there, but would you even want them to risk him coming back with a back injury? You know, these guys are big guys. They put a lot of pressure on that back. Would you not just yeah. say, look, wh why risk it? I know, I know it's nice to get him in for maybe a game or two to, you know, just to get into the, the rhythm a little bit. But yeah. why would you risk that? Why not say, look, we've no first round pick next year. Let's pretend he's our first round pick next year. Bring him back fit. Absolutely. And Absolutely. why risk it now? What's you know what's the point with a back injury? But sorry, Tony, to to yeah. switch off. There and, and just... and unfortunately, with, with, with Ryan Pace picks, we we always need to pretend next year that someone else is our first round pick because that's just the way it goes. Well, first it was Kevin White, and then it was Khalil Mack, who I'll, I'll give a pass to, but still. But a, a real shuffle on the the offensive line needs to happen. I don't like Mustafa. I would have had him out. I would have had Daniels at center, and I had Bars at guard. Obviously, before all these mistake, all these injuries happen, if we get Borum back and he can play right tackle, and we can move Bars into uh, the guard position, I would put Daniels at center um, and and see see what happens. Because you have to try these things. Because at this point, we're just this kid is getting battered game after game, and he's not been able at, at the moment. He's struggling to read the field because he's a rookie, right? So he needs slightly more time to digest Sorry. things. Tony, oh. I don't, I don't disagree with you here, and part part of what you're saying is absolutely correct. But there is a question that has to be asked here. You know, how much of this, how much of the offensive ineptitude is Justin Fields? How much of the offensive ineptitude is the offensive line's inability to to pass protect? And how much of this offensive ineptitude is the playbook where every play takes fifty million? You know. It takes 20 seconds to develop, yeah. but Justin Fields has like 1.2 to pass the ball. Like at some point, you know, what they did when Nagy stopped calling plays last year for Trubisky, they simplified the game for Trubisky. Great. In watching the, the Bucks game yesterday, the thing that I came away with was this. Tom Brady ran more RPOs, you know, something that simplifies the game for a quarterback, than Justin Fields yesterday. And if that's the case, that is a huge, huge issue. That means that no matter what the game plan is offensively, no matter who's calling the plays, whether it's Nagy or Laser or anybody else, that is, you're not helping your quarterback. At some point, this is going to probably have to make the Bears brass, whether that's McCaskies or Ted Phillips or Ryan Pace, if he stays. it's Somebody's going to have to look at Matt Nagy and be like, okay, here's your option. If you want to stay the head coach, you're going to hire a real offensive coordinator with a real, uh, with a real playbook, or you're going to have to get out of the way and get fired. Take your pick. 
I think yeah, Matt Nagy is totally get it, I do no. Listen, it's multifaceted. There's no doubt about that. It's it is on the players. You, you can put a, you can put a bit on Justin Fields because there are mistakes he made, right? But again, again, he's a rookie. Okay, he's going to make these mistakes. Okay, so you can't you can't say this is the overarching problem. The offensive line is terrible. The coaching is evidently not good enough. We've got guys in there that are coaching who shouldn't be in the Bears coaching. I mean. Really, what has Bill Lazor done before he came with the Bears? What has Juan Castillo done before he came with the Bears? This is the point I'm trying uh, to well, let's, let's, let, well, hold, hold on a second. Juan let, Castillo let, was actually let, he, was the, he was the offensive line coach for the Ravens. Yeah, listen, and I, I don't know. Uh, the Ravens have a pretty decent offensive line. Yeah, but, but we don't. Know, so therefore, you know, so the point. So I'm maybe it's not Juan Castillo's fault. Well, maybe that's Ryan let, Pace not not if you, investing if you higher than a fourth round pick on the offensive line during his whole tenure up until last year. At some point. You know, it's not. This isn't Juan Castillo's problem. This isn't. I mean, as it could be Bill Lazor's problem, but I think he's only a very small part of the problem. At some point, you got to look at this whole situation. If uh, put Alan Watson's uh, second to last uh, comment up there. Which uh, one are we talking here? The the two eighth uh, two eighth yeah. Justin. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Here's what Allen says. He says basically it's a quarter, uh, a quarter of this problem is Justin Fields. A quarter of the problem is the offensive line, and half of it is Nagy's system. Okay, so if that's let's say that is the case, let's say that Allen is absolutely correct. That means three quarters of this is Ryan Pace's fault. Simple as that. I mean, it is that simple. So if, if everybody says Matt Nagy is a huge problem, well, Ryan Pace hired the guy. And if you're saying that the offensive line is the problem, Ryan Pace didn't invest a higher than a fourth-round pick on the offensive line prior to this past season, during his whole tenure. So at some point, you got to look at the guy and say, why are you here? That's the situation. Well, I mean, that, that's that's not true entirely because Cody White here was a second round pick and James Daniels was a second round pick. But if you let me finish my point, Scott, what I was going to say is it is multifaceted. So you've got the problem with the players. The coaching is a problem because if you actually sit and watch the tape and you watch the technique that are used by these old linemen, it's 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 shoddy. Either they're not good enough to take it in, or it's not being taught properly. And Castillo is the offensive line coach. All right. So that is a problem for me. These guys are all being hired by Nagy, okay? And you're saying Nagy could stay head coach next season, bring in an offensive uh, coordinator. Who who's going to want to come in? Oh yeah, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come to the Bears and go, and and I'll probably get sacked next year with Nagy and Pace going out the door at the same time. This is what they've created. And then to go further back again because of this multifaceted thing, it's Ryan Pace as well because he's bringing in the players. The players he's bringing in are not good enough. He's not invested enough on the offensive line. He hasn't invested second-round picks points over the last couple of years. Fair enough. But in terms of the offensive line investment this year, it's not been good enough. He took a guy in the second round that he knew already had back issues. And there's always going to be a potential that something's going to happen with that. He's not protected his young quarterback that he's brought in. You know, he's yeah, got, but it's he, made even worse with Matt Nagy's playbook. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's everything. It's not It's not just one thing. It's Nagy. It's the players. It's the coaching. It's the players that have been brought in by Pace. It's the whole, it's top to bottom. 
the thing needs to be ripped out and started again. That that's the problem we're at, and we've got a really good core of talent, young talent in there that we can build upon, and that starts with Justin Fields. No, I, I, there, in fairness, there are some good young players in there, but I'm, I'm with Tony. And I mean, Absolutely. I think this comes from this comes from Maggie. The, the the whole coaching setup just seems inept. Even something as simple as last night is Justin Fields explained that forced uh, interception as somebody told him that there was 12 men on the field and 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 look let's for Justin Fields let's stop with these free plays because the last two weeks they're they're not happening. But I mean, it, it does. It comes from the top. I think Maggie's playbook is, is terrible. I mean. As we've said, Fields is a rookie, and these guys need to be out there protecting him, putting what he needs around him, and, and giving him a chance. And right now, they're not giving him a chance. Right from the start yesterday, he was getting smashed left, right, and center. I mean, that O line is terrible. But I think I think there are there are coaches out there whose playbook can compensate for that, and who can, as you say, you know, Scott, some RPOs do something different. But Nagy seems so. His playbook, it, like whether he's there or not, Bill Lazor still calling from that same playbook, and whether Nagy admits it or not, he still has some sort of input into what Lazor is. He's, he's basically said that already in press conference. So for me, nothing changes until at least Nagy's gone. I agree, pace pace should be gone as well. But as we said earlier, I'm I'm not convinced he'll be gone next year. But I'm convinced Nagy will, and I think it's the right move. Keeping him around as a head coach at this stage is is pointless. He's had four years, and it is just. Since that Eagles playoff game, it has just been it's been horrible. So I don't know. Look, I mean look No, you have sorry, you ahead. have the you have the headline up there, best bears performers. Um outside of Khalil Herbert, I'm gonna say that the best bears performers were the water guys. They did a great job hydrating the team. It was hot there, outside man. Of, it was hot. Outside of that, there wasn't much. No, um, no absolutely you know, not. D- during yesterday's uh, group chat, uh, you know, to- Tony was pimping for uh, Pig Simmons. I thought that was a, a tremendous, uh, <laughs> a tremendous statement by him. I was, I was shocked. Um, and in fairness, Scott, just to uh, just to clarify something uh, for anybody who saw our predictions, and you were the one person to go for the Bears. In fairness to you, on our private tweet or text, you did say this is prefaced by the fact that if Simmons is playing, the Bears lose. So I just want so anyone who's looking at it and saying, "Oh, Scott went for the Bears to win." Oh no, I didn't. No, I said the Bears were going to lose. I said the I said Bucks thirty four, Bears seventeen, and then I said, "I thought you were on the 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 team." No, no, Tony was the Tony was the one who said uh, the Bears were going to win twenty seven twenty four. I said if Pick Simmons starts and Nagy's calls plays, which he didn't call plays yesterday, but it sure looked like he did. He said Uh, it would be a bigger loss. I said it was going to be fifty to nothing, Bucks. (laughs) So that's it. um, I don't have at this point. Look, I love the Bears. I want the Bears to win. I have been a Bears fan my whole entire life, and that is a long, long time. But I have zero faith in this team and what they can do. None. Like all the things with, you know, like not having Robert Quinn yesterday, that obviously didn't help. Um, you know, but you had a lot of other guys. You still had a healthy Khalil Mack. You still and they didn't have a Keen Hicks either. Uh, but you still had a healthy Khalil Mack. You still had a healthy Jalen Johnson. You had a healthy uh, Eddie Jackson. You had a healthy Roquan Smith. At some point, stand up, y'all. 
Like seriously, yeah, absolutely. Well, you've done a good job there, team. Scott. You've do you've something. Helped, you've helped me segue into our next uh, conversation, and that's what I was going to go in terms of the the Bears' defense yesterday. I know they were put they were put in a lot of trouble a lot of times. Five turnovers, some in really bad spots. But I mean, sure, since you, you've started there chatting about the lads, in terms of the, the the overall performance of the defense, how did you find that? Uh, well, uh, as mentioned, Jalen Johnson was. Uh, out physical by Mike Evans a lot. And granted, let's let here's the thing. Ultimately, you don't want to sit there and say, okay, well, you know, the Bucks played bad and you know the the Bears played worse. No, the Bucks played very well. Give them credit where credit is due. The Bucks played very well and they looked like a well-oiled machine. That starts with a great quarterback. It really does like Tom Brady is the greatest of all time for a reason. He knew where to go with the ball every time. And his receivers also understand, they understand leverage, they understand zones, and how to get open in certain uh, in certain respects. So Mike Evans did exactly what he was supposed to do. And he made Jalen Johnson look terrible. I don't think Jalen Johnson is terrible, but Kendall Vildor sure looked like he has no business being on the field. And there were times where even Vildor had good coverage and still got out-muscled. At some point, this Bears team needs a lot of help. They need help at wide receiver. They need another shutdown corner. They probably need another safety. Uh, they need maybe somebody else to man at linebacker. And they're probably going to need some defensive linemen. Look, Akeem Hicks isn't getting any younger. Uh, and the fact that he's been probably more unhealthy than healthy the past two years, you're probably looking at a guy who's not going to be there next year. This team needs a lot of help, and we traded away our first-round draft pick to get Justin Fields. So Ryan Pace, ultimately, this is all going to end up going back to Ryan Pace and how he has mismanaged this whole fiasco of a Bears team. And what about yourself, Tony? What did you uh, make of the, the defensive performance yesterday? Yeah, as much like you're saying already, uh, no, they put, the offense put them in really, really tough positions, um, short fields. Um, you know, that was always in it was in Bears territory a lot of the time. Um, so they were up against it, you know, and even with the Bucks missing Antonio Brown and Gronkowski, they're still just a really, really good team. Um, and it starts, as Scott was saying with Tom Brady. Um, you know, you, you, there's just no argument to be made there. Um the the defense though in general though, you know, obviously they were put in tough positions, but they weren't great. Um, no sacks, no real pressures. Uh, obviously, we were missing a couple of key players, but with Quinn and Hicks out, the guys just concentrated on Mac. So this this is the problem. There's not anyone else stepping up on that line. Um, Bilal Nichols is an idiot. You know, throwing who punches someone with a helmet on. Ridiculous. You know, it's just stupid. Um, and you you can talk about you know you, you need to have aggression and stuff like that. And absolutely, be aggressive, get in people's that's, faces. That, that's Don't punch three, people three in players in the last year throwing punches at someone. I mean, come on, it's who's, who, who's talking it's to these guys? Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're not yeah. learning. Like, they're just not learning. And the thing is, as well, that the, the I know obviously they had a lot of short fields to contend with, but the defense gave up 182 running yards yesterday. I mean, that's that's a lot. Um, and I, Fournette's fine, you know, but we that that's something you need to be shutting down. There are problems like across this defense. Um, you know, the we need new safeties. 
we need another cornerback. We need a slot corner, probably. Um, I kind of like Duke Shelley to an extent, but um, again, it's one of these points, I think, where we're just accepting mediocrity. Oh, he, he made that really one that one good play, and you know, and it's just all this this not even even when you look at the offense. I mean, people are going to talk about um, Cole Komet getting forty or fifty yards yesterday or whatever. Oh, that's really great. No, it's not. It's shit. You know, he's dro- he's dropping he's dropping the ball. We're accepting utter nonsense with this team because this is this is the basis of comparison that we have because we haven't had a good offense in years. So. I guess at this point where you're just like you're trying to just pick out good things and trying to kind of sprinkle fairy dust on them and say, oh well it's not all that bad, but it is it's an absolute shit show but there are definite pe- talent on the team, young young talent, Jalen Johnson is a young talent, um, he's in his second year and he's really going to benefit from coming up against um, you know, Mike Evans and uh, Godwin and Devontae Adams last last week as well. And he's going to learn from that because he's only isn't and he's his second year at this point. So we need to take these things into account. Um, you know, Roquan Smith is there. You know, th- th- there's 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 really good pieces there to build round about, but um but a lot of it needs to be ripped out and started again. Um and actually I just seen Devontae Adams, he's just been diagnosed with COVID or he's on the COVID reserve list anyway. So there's another one. So this really is really, really breaking out this season, apparently. Yeah, but that um, that hurts the Packers. Matt, I'm it, telling you, Matt Nagy catching COVID might actually help the Bears. I'm saying, like, hey, go get it. Come on, COVID. Get them. Get them. I mean, the, the thing is with four weeks. With the COVID thing, with the COVID thing, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because you're going to have this week um, where um, you can see what things are like without Matt Nagy as the head coach on the sideline doing whatever he's doing. So you can't tell me that that's not an exciting thought for you. It absolutely is because you need to you need to see you need to see what other people can do. Is Nagy making any sort of significant difference to this team? If we go into if we go into uh, Soldier Field next week and run all over the 49ers and you know it's an impressive win then you're sitting going uh, do we need Nagy? Can we just continue with uh, with the rest of the guys that are there? I mean don't get me wrong, COVID's very serious and I hope he's absolutely fine. Um, but um, I think there's a lot of people on Twitter that that are really going the wrong way about that uh, diagnosis. I think it's pretty shocking, but um, that's just me. But uh, yeah, that's, I that's mean, Twitter for you. It's a, yeah, it's an. It's, but this is an opportunity though for the rest of the the coaching team and for the team in themselves to see what where things are, because from all accounts that you've seen online, I think that they're the ownership and um and upper management are getting to that point where. Enough is enough. But unfortunately, because the Bears like this tradition nonsense, they're probably not going to get rid of anybody until January when really they should be doing it now. But so you, you can hope that it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, but the COVID thing is an opportunity for, for the team to see how things can be without Nagy. Um, and I guess we'll just we'll find out. But again, yeah. the 49ers are not the Bucks, So let's not let anything that happens sway you too much in terms of the outcome. Don't let this be another Detroit Lions game where they win comfortably and everyone goes, oh my god, look at this. We're really, really good. Not that that's going to happen with the 49ers necessarily, who are better than the Lions, but um, yeah, 
let's just not get swayed by one game. No, I um, know what you mean. As we said earlier, I mean that that's the kind of thing that can happen. You know, they have a few losses and then they beat someone bad. They get they, they string a couple of results against poor teams and suddenly, oh no, we we collaborate. Look at us, we're 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 back. It was only a blip and like no no. But I mean, I think Tony used the word there a few minutes ago, shit show. And uh, where does this, who, who, who does the problem lie with? Who is ultimately responsible for this shit show? Uh, well, the, the, the pro, we spoke about this earlier on. The problem is all over the place. Um, if you to pick one person, then you have to say it's Ryan Pace because at the end of the day, Ryan Pace brought in Matt Nagy. Ryan Pace brought in uh, all of the players that are there, Ryan Pace enabled by bringing Matt Nagy in, enabled him to pick all of his staff, um, and 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 run the team as he sees fit. So it really, you have to say, it starts with Pace. You could you could go further and say, oh, it's Ted Phillips and it's George McCaskey, and it is. But end of the day, they're never going to be held accountable anyway. So you you can only really uh, rinse and repeat with this team and say, is is Pace. Um, so, you know, you get rid of pace, you bring someone else in, you start again, and you hope for the best. But that, and, and the thing is, people will argue that pace has done some decent things. And no, no doubt he's picked up some good players, um, a lot of kind of late round picks. He's got Justin Fields in. We don't know how that's going to turn out, but um, it could be good. But the problem is he's got all of the big decisions wrong. You know, every time he's hired a head coach, it's been the wrong decision. You know, going with, uh, trading up for Mitch Trubisky, the wrong decision. You know, there's just so many things there that outweigh the good stuff. There's not enough good stuff. And you can't tell me that drafting a sixth round or a fifth round running back means that all well is great because anybody could really do that. Um, you know, it's, there's, you need to get the big decisions right, the quarterbacks, the head coaches, guys like that. If you can't get those decisions right, you can't be given another opportunity. Now, I know people will say that Pace never really got the the decision to hire John Fox. It came from above him, right? But he did get it was his decision to hire Matt Nagy. So you can say, oh, he's allowed time to make. He's allowed mistakes. Everyone can make a mistake. Everyone can hire someone that doesn't work out. But do you really want to take the chance of keeping Pace around to hire the next guy just in case it is another Matt Nagy or it's another John Fox, or do you want to just? start again, go a different direction. It's too much of a gamble for me for Pace to be left in that position and making another big decision. What about yourself, Scott? Similar similar feelings or, you know, do you see anybody else that uh, can have a finger pointed there as well? I mean, I've said it yeah. on numerous occasions, so I don't have to go at length. Ultimately, you have to put this on Ryan Pace. You built this team, bro. Now it's time to own up to it. And I think, you know, if, if Ryan Pace actually came out and said, you know what, I did build this team and I made I made a mistake. While I think everybody would be like, yep, he should be fired for that. I would actually say that he shouldn't end up being fired because now he's actually owning up to the mistakes that he's made. And it, you would hope that that would mean that he would learn from the mistakes. Uh, Matt Nagy has shown that he can't learn from any of his mistakes. Uh, he ran a bunch of RPOs for Trubisky, or at least Laser ran the RPOs for Trubisky last season when uh, Nagy stopped calling plays. And this year, they're not running him for fields. It, it just, to me, it shows that Matt Nagy is too stubborn. Um, 
and too into his own playbook to think that he's going to end up being a successful head coach. I think it is time that, like I said, if Pace says, hey, I screwed, I screwed the pooch and my my bad, I built this team and it's a and it's a stinker. I might say, okay, well, I, I might keep him around, but I would put some reins on him. I would say, you know, no more trading of first and second round picks. You want to, you know, you want to trade down? Cool. You can't trade up anymore. Um, at some point, a lot of this does have to fall on Ryan Pace. And, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, well, uh, and I've seen this, this has been going on for years where people have said, Ted Phillips is the wrong guy to run this team. And I disagree. And the only reason is Ted Phillips was brought in to make the team money. Ted Phillips has made the team a lot of money. I think what they need to do is put him on that side of the aisle and bring in a football, a director of football operations to oversee the football product. And if Pace has to go because of that, then Pace has to go. Uh, but I think at some point, Ted, let Ted Phillips make the money and let football people run the football part of this team. So that's, I think, the best way I can put it. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I agree with you guys. For me, it starts with Pace. He, he built this team. Tony went through it there earlier on, but you know, we may need to get players for this and players for that position and here and there. And that's on Pace. Pace built this team. Pace put everything in, in, in place. And, I mean, for me, both Nagy and Pace need to be gone. But, as I say, I'm just – I'm not sure that they are going to get rid of Pace. But, I mean, there was a great quote that was popped up on the screen there earlier about, you know, if the negatives outweigh the positives, then, you know, it's not a positive. And I think that's absolutely spot on. I mean, all the big decisions Pace had to make, he's got wrong. You know, we go with Kevin White. He turns out to be a flop. So then you end up having to spend money on Alan Robinson to come in because you've just wasted that first round pick on the players that are contributing. Leonard Floyd comes in. He actually does well when he goes off to the Rams, but he comes in. It doesn't work. There's another first round pick. doesn't work. you got to go spend money on Robert Quinn to come in because you need someone to take that place, which should have been the player you drafted, but he, he wasn't right. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, it, it, for me, it comes down to pace and... I don't know if they're going to do a big clean out. We all kind of, I think some of us half expected it last January until we got that bizarre press conference that, that just sent everybody into a tailspin. Um, yeah, I don't know. But look, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it goes. As, as Tony said, they don't like to do this mid-season. They have this whole, you know, history thing they like and, oh, that's not what we do. Well, you know, at some point, you've got to do what's best for the football team. What do they yeah, do Scott, now? But, what do they do? I don't um, know what they do. I don't. I don't know. Well, look. Anyway, <laughs> at the at the absolute worst, they don't need to they go do after the season. But as Scott says, they're making money. You know, Ted Phillips is making the money, and they're, they're happy making their money. And you know, the team. You know, it looks terrible, but in terms of actual results wise and standings wise, you know, they're eight and eight. They're not. They're not getting crushed. You know, they're they're there, and you can kind of float along. And maybe that's the worst thing in the world for us because you're right there in the middle. Mm. Nope. They kind no, of I'm, seem to be accepting of that. No, no. Oh, go go ahead, Scott. You, go ahead. Let me let me let me tell you what would actually force the hand of the McCaskies. If the fans stop paying to go see the Bears, watch it on TV, everybody. Just watch it on TV. I guarantee you, if the fans stop coming, 
there's no money to be made. And if there's no money to be made, well, now what happens? Ted Phillips would go. Ryan Pace would go. Matt Nagy would go. You see a whole lot of dominoes start to fall. That, you know, so maybe the biggest problem with the team is the fans keep going, go Bears, and keep, you know, they, they keep expecting something to change when nothing does. Just on that, so, would it be, would the, it be the, are the problem? Would it be the money not coming in that would cause them to change, or would it be the optics of empty stands? Because they make so much money on TV revenue. What, you know, what does gate receipts and a bit of spending in, in the stadium on a Sunday really bring in? As opposed to you know their their TV revenue. I mean, so would it be a case of well, the stands look empty on TV. We can't have that. That that's not a good look. Would that be more likely to push it, or would it be the the, the little bit of income they would lose? And and it's as still somebody, a... sorry, and as somebody over that side of the water, how likely are fans there to do something like that? Um, probably not very likely, unless they're fed up. Because when you're fed up. You have nothing to lose. And again, does that come back to being eight and eight where you're getting enough wins in the season to just say, well, fair enough, we'll keep going. Whereas, and I don't want to, to lose, you know, 15, 16 games. But if you were to do that, well, then that's a tipping point where fans go, you know, you're, you're not even winning when I turn up. At least when you're eight and eight, I'm turning up to see a win. Now, you know, if you're, you're so bad, we need something done because it just feels like we're treading water to the point where, Results wise, we're not bad enough to really kick off about because you know we're eight and eight. We're not terrible. I don't, I don't know. It's just so hard. As we said earlier, you, what do you do? It's it's, it's so. Man. Remember last year when you know at Nagy, you know the Bears went through their little losing streak and uh, and Matt Nagy was finally being questioned. Are you going to stop calling plays? The, at that point, I remember you know like I was saying on, on Midway Minute that while I wanted the Bears to win, I would not necessarily be upset if they didn't win another game the rest of the season. Because having a multi, you know, having a double digit losing streak would have stopped a lot of the madness that you're seeing now. Because how do you how do you keep Ryan or how do you keep either Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy if all they're doing is losing and losing and losing and losing and losing and losing to teams that you know you should beat, you know they would have lost. They would, you know, they lost to the Lions. Uh, at, at some point, and granted, I know Matthew Stafford is a he's a very good quarterback. I don't have a problem with that, but at some point, we as fans want to see the Bears start to win. And if they're not going to win, you want to see them get the highest draft choice possible. Last year, they had a first-round draft pick. So, you know, that would have helped with a lot of things. This year, they don't have that. So what do you do in an instance like this? You need to change things up so that they win. So simplify the offense. Try and, you know, actually worry about time of possession. So some of what that's going to mean Run the ball. You've done that pretty well this year. Play action. You've done that pretty well this year. But they don't do that enough. They don't run RPOs. They do everything the exact opposite of what would help this team win. So 
Do I want them to win another game? For, I think, Bears fans' sanity? No. Because then it'll be the tipping point where Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have to go. Because you can't keep... At this point, 3-13 and 13 is the same record that Matt, uh, that Peyton Manning had as a rookie. He threw 28 TDs, or I'm sorry, 26 TDs and 28 interceptions that year. And if the Bears don't win another game this season, they'd be 3-14 and 14 with a long with a double-digit losing streak. And more than likely, it would force the Bears' hand. What do you want to see more? The Bears come back with come back and then still have Matt Nagy as your coach? Or would you rather things change? And that's the dilemma that we're in. I know, I know. And it's a tough one. And I've, I've heard people, you know, listening to radio stations and stuff talking about it and wanting them to lose. And I, I, I can see the rationale behind it. I just find it so hard to want them to lose a game. And I, I can see why people want it. I can see the benefit that they're they're striving to get toward. But I mean, because there's so few games and, you know, it's, it's such a gap between seasons. I, I, I just find myself every Sunday, even, you know, you could win the last couple of games and it could drop you down multiple spots in the draft and you think, why did we win those games? But at the time, I just find it so hard to to actually actively want them to lose it. But and this is the this is the problem though though with with the game because the, you they reward being cheap. So you know people are going out there and tanking so they can get the best pick in the draft. It's backwards. It doesn't make any sense. You know, regardless of whether or not, um, you know, I, I, I can't bring myself to, to root against the Bears, right? I can't do it. It doesn't but matter the, the situation. No, that, hold on. Say, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter the situation because I'm a fan and I want them to win. What should be happening here is we should want them to win. They should be picking up as many wins as they can. And then regardless of what happens at the end of the year, Pace and Nagy should still go. Whether or not we are three and fourteen, whether we're eight and nine, whether we're whatever, it doesn't matter because they should be able to spot that there's a, a systemic problem there that they need to get rid of. But again, this goes back to the problem with the game is that's not how they'll view things. It's such a backwards way of doing things. Mediocrity is rewarded. Being crap at something is rewarded. You know, and then if you have a wee uptick in something, it's like, oh, we'll just keep it, let it go, we'll keep it, let it go. Because, again, it just keeps bringing the fans back in for a for a bit more. And it's 8-8 eight and eight or whatever, it's not good enough. Being 8-8 eight and eight and making the playoffs is is not – how how is that? How that is that that's horrendous. That, that should never, ever happen. The only success should be winning the Super Bowl. And anything else below that is not a success. Full stop, end the story. When I say that, you know, like I don't want them to win another game, it's not that I'm honestly, it's not that I don't want the Bears to win. That's not why I say that. I no, would I love that. for the Bears to win. Oh, yeah, no, you yeah. just see the big but picture. I want you're, Maggie, you're playing the long game want, kind of. And yeah. like, do I want the Bears to win yeah. more? Absolutely. But what do I want more out of, out of this team? I want Nagy and Pace out, out of a job, out of Chicago. That's what I want more. And, it's, and something has to bring that to fruition. And at this point, the only thing that's going to happen to make that a, a, a reality is they have to lose, and they've got to continue to lose. So I'm I am never going to root for the Bears uh, to or say that the Bears are going to win another game this season. I I want them I want them to lose, and only because I want Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace out on their booties. 
That's it. This is this is the pro this is the problem with the system though. That's 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 what we have to get to is people start rooting for their teams to lose because of the way the system is. It's nonsense. And just now, in terms of as the rest of the season goes, I mean, what do we think the Bears are, are actually going to do? I mean, do we see any potential trades in? Out? I mean, at this stage now, should the Bears be looking at players like, you know, A-Rob or Hicks, as you talked about earlier, Scott, about getting older? I mean, should at this point now, should they be looking at players older like that who they maybe get a pick or two for and say, right, let's let's start or, you know, are there players out there they should be looking to try and trade for? I mean, Scott, what do you think? Do you think anything can happen before this trade deadline or should anything happen? I don't think you trade for anybody. I think you trade people. Absolutely. Uh, you trade, you yeah. trade as By many. the way, just I to think... say, we, we should not be giving away any more picks. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, like you don't, you right now you should, you should try and, uh, and collect picks. You could probably get at probably, I would say at, at worst, you could get a third for Allen Robinson. I would, you know, at this point, do it. Try and get as many picks as you can. Uh, Akeem Hicks, I don't know, you could probably get a fourth or maybe a fifth. Um, his injury history isn't going to help you. Yeah. So you could probably get a fourth or a fifth for him. And, you know, if pace stays, hey, he does okay with, uh, with fifth round picks. Eddie Jackson, he's got to be another one that's got to be shown the door. I said it last week. I would have traded him on Tuesday. Um, and I'm not saying he played poorly in, in this game, but nobody on the defense really played all that well. Um, I think you got to look at trading Jackson. You could probably get a fourth or a fifth for him, but I think you're going to have to start trading these guys and send a message that this isn't good enough. Um, and like I said, if Ryan Pace stays after all this, as much as I hate it, then so be it. But I think it's time to start putting reins on him and say, here's, here's the constraints that you have to work with. You can never trade up. You can only trade down. And then from there, accumulate picks because we need to rebuild this team in as quick a fashion as humanly possible. Just at this point, trade as many as you can, except Justin Fields. You know, David Montgomery, I would not trade. Uh, Khalil Herbert, I would not trade. Um, Roquan, I would not trade. Uh, maybe Khalil Mack is in is in that that picture. I don't know. I mean, he's third. He's he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's not getting any younger. I, like you could probably still get a first for him. You know, if you want to recoup that pick, maybe Khalil Mack is the answer. I don't know. Well, that's. Yeah. It. I mean, there's some some big decisions to be made. But what about yourself, Tony? Nah, I mean, it, it, there's definitely there's definitely players there. I would trade. There's no doubt about that at all. Um, it's just whether or not people want to trade for them. You know, guys like Eddie Jackson are obviously guy if people that I would would get rid of. But who's gonna who's gonna want who to take him? Contract. Yeah, who wants the contract? Um, in terms of Mac, I wouldn't trade Mac. Um, I think. Moving forward, if we're going to rebuild the team and we're keeping some pieces around, I would keep I would keep Mac there because, firstly, if you trade them away, the dead cat is ridiculous, right? Um, and to be honest with you, I'd rather keep him around. Uh, everyone, yeah, everyone not named Fields and Smith is tradable. You, you, someone talked about David Montgomery. Now, 
hear me out on this one right now. I, David Montgomery is our best running back. There's absolutely no doubt about that, right? But for me, next year when his contract's up, we should not be re-signing him. We should let someone else pay him a ridiculous amount of money. Wow. No, seriously. No. no. Well, if you let me finish, so let someone else. Why? I never understand paying running backs, right? Because they just come... Tariq Cohen, that was a waste of money. I just don't understand why we why we, we invested money in that. That was that was waste. David Montgomery is a great player. There's no doubt about that. He's going to want a lot of money, and I don't think we should be investing that much money in a running back. Khalil Herbert is only on his first year just now. We get another three seasons out of him on a rookie contract, and he's, he's playing not as good as David Montgomery, but somewhere close to it. And maybe he can get up that way eventually. But for me, I'm just like, well, if someone needs a running back, we're not doing anything this year. We've still got Herbert there. You know, if you get a decent a decent trade in for him, I'd, I'd maybe take it depending on what it is. And that might sound controversial because he is our best offensive player. At the end of the day, um, he's a running back. Running backs can be replaced. Tony, Tony, this, this jersey has just arrived in the last couple of weeks. Don't be doing that to me. Let me get somewhere out of it, please. <laughs> but um... You've got until the 2nd of November. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus! That's the thing about NFL jerseys. <laughs> Players gone like that. You're like, oh, okay. But um, no, it's it, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, you, you speak about the the contract. I mean, that seems to be the way it's gone over the last few years. You get some players like obviously Ezekiel Elliott there in Dallas got his new contract, and you know that's kind of been iffy now since he's got that. But I think that the NFL has tr- transitioned to a you know we can find a running back somewhere. Yeah. Um, this big money, you know. I'll, to me, like it feels like it always started. I remember Sean Alexander at the Seahawks got his massive, massive, massive contract and, and fell off a cliff. And, you know, it seems since then it's just been going along that it gets to the point where teams look at running backs as expendable. They they run them into the ground and then they just off to the side and, and let's find a new one. So, I mean, I, I hope he stays around. I, I mean, I think over the last couple of days, Herbert has been brilliant and that jersey's on the way to me now at the moment. So I'm happy with that. But, I mean, a lot of fans I've noticed the last few days seem to suddenly be forgetting about Montgomery. And, I mean, Herbert looks great. And I don't know why people are already kind of shoving him out the door. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing there, Tony. But in general, people are talking about, you know, Herbert, like, we don't need Montgomery anymore. And I say, why not have both of them? You know, what kind of a threat is that to have the two of them there? Along with Williams, who is a very good player as well. But just in terms of the... In terms of trading players and getting picks in, I, I agree with Scott. You just... Where are you going at this point? You know, get picks in. I mean, at the start of the season, I was clamoring for A-Rob to get his contract. And, you know, if you'd have told me, I would say I would be saying now after seven games, well, look, if you can get something for him, get it. But they're not using him. What's the point? They're, they're making no use of that player at all this season. He may as well not be on the on the field. Some of the, I mean, last night, our tight end, who has had a terrible season, was our, had our highest receiving yards. Um, the, the 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 passing game is just not there, and if you can get something for Alan Robinson that can help this team down the road, then as I say, seven weeks ago I wouldn't have thought I'd say this, but why not? What what's the point in him at this stage? He's he's doing nothing, and I don't know if that's his fault, if that's their no, fault. Nope, it's whatever, not. It's not. It's not Alan Robinson's fault. Uh, yeah, at some point, been, you got to blame the same player. He's been the same player for the last number of years, so he hasn't just dropped off a cliff. It's 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 such an inept offense. It's 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 maddening to watch Maggie still there. But I mean, yeah, I don't know if they can build up a few draft picks, then 
I'm all for it because there's a lot of work to be done on this team. And right now, we could stumble into another, well, I know you can't get 500 anymore, although the Bears will probably get a tie somewhere. But we'll be stumbling to another eight wins, seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. No, that would be that would be uh, very oh, bears like to stumble into do a tie and be eight, eight, and one. Only the bears can do, do that. They'll, they they could and they probably will. But in you terms know, of coming into that, just just very quickly, no, sorry, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> coming into this game though against the the Bucks, um, and I was looking at the NFC rankings, and I was looking, I'm thinking the Bears are probably good enough to sneak that last playoff spot. Um, you look at the guys that are below them in the NFC because NFC, in terms of um, below the Bears, is pretty bad. It's so who, who's who's coming for them? You know, so you're kind of looking at it and you're like, oh well, you beat Minnesota twice, then chances <laughs> are that you're probably going to get that last spot. And this is the danger, right? This is the danger, and I, it comes back to your point, Scott, about you know wanting the team to lose, right? And I get that, but the danger is that if we get into the playoffs again. That'd be two that years in a row. Three yeah, times that would out mean four. That made, three years out of made four. The playoffs. Playoffs. Three out of the four and, years that he's been there. Yeah. That's it. No, and, and that's what they cling on. I know yeah. they say last yeah. year, oh, and, we, and we've the made the playoffs twice. And we're uh, just speaking of that. I mean, where do we see this this season going for the Bears? I mean, there are some games on paper that look tough, but I mean the Ravens are one of them, but they they had a day against the Browns or the Bengals, sorry, that, that wasn't great. You don't know what you're getting out of the Steelers. I mean, the Cardinals are good. The Pack, obviously. Seahawks. I mean, where do we actually see this this Bears season going? What kind of record are you thinking they could finish up with, Scott? Look, the second half of the schedule lines up fairly well for the Bears. But you still have the first half of the schedule to get through. Um, and... You know, 49ers, the Steelers, like it's you still have work to do. The Ravens, too. I mean, you know, there there is plenty of work to do. And, you know, there's a if you look out in 49er land, there are quite a few people uh, that are saying that Jimmy Garoppolo needs to sit down and welcome and they should usher in the Trey Lance era. And maybe they should, because right now they've lost, I believe, it's four in a row, and they're not looking too hot. Uh, they have no answers on offense. So let Trey Lance take some lumps, and then you'll have rookie quarterback against rookie quarterback. And then we'll get to see who's actually a better coach, Kyle Shanahan or Matt Nagy. Who do you, ha- who do you guys have trust in, in terms of that matchup? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to go with Shanahan based on on history, I suppose. Absolutely. But you know, the thing is, though, like if if they do end up going with Trey Lance, he's going to have the same problems that Justin Fields is having, um, and he's he's probably he's less experienced than Justin Fields in terms of the big game, so they're going to struggle. And you know, going in terms of the my projections, so going into this game on Halloween of all days, um, I think. It really depends on how the Bears react to what happened yesterday. If they're really, really hurting and they come out with a point of proof, then we could see the Bears get a win against, as you say, Scott, a team that's lost four in a row um, who are not scoring tons of points at the minute either. So 
I think the next game is winnable, but it all depends on the mindset. It all depends on the game plan um, and how they execute, whether or not we win that game. But say we win that game um, and... And, and we move on to the Steelers. Now, the problem with the Steelers game is it's on it's on prime time, and we don't win prime time games anymore because um, we don't Matt like... Matt Nagy's your coach. That's yeah, why you don't win yeah. pro, prime we, time games. We don't like the cameras, apparently, okay? But, and it, it's not even that we don't win them. We can be embarrassing on them at times. It's, yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous. And th- this is this is it, exactly. So, but, but in terms of the Steelers, I think you can beat the Steelers. The Ravens are we're not going to beat the Ravens. Um, the Lions... We could win that. The Cardinals game, we won't win. The Packers game, we won't win. Then you've got the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Giants, and the Vikings again. Those are potentially you could get three out of four wins there. I'm thinking it wouldn't be outside the realms of possibility for the Bears to end up with with nine wins this year and it'd be another winning season. Um, It really all depends on how things develop over the next coming weeks. The other thing you need to keep in mind as well is Fields obviously is a rookie. He's still learning. He's still you know, building relationships. We should ideally see in the last four weeks of this year what Justin Fields is meant to kind of look like in this system. Now, the system is shit. The scheme is terrible, okay? But that's not the point here. The point is, is we're going to see how he looks in, this, in the system once he's kind of fully integrated, if you like, um, and those four, that, that those last four games are winnable games. Two Vikings games, the Giants and the Seahawks. I think I think you could look at three, maybe even four wins, depending on how things go. Tony, um, Tony, who's yeah. the coach of the Bears? Who's the uh, head coach Ma- of the Bears? Ma- Matthew Nagy. Yeah. So anytime that you say these are winnable games, that's an automatic L. Yeah, I know, man. I know. But, uh, but listen, unfortunately, you know, Scott, the, the way things work with the Bears is somehow they just manage to scrape enough wins to finish at a level that just about keeps them in there. And so somehow they just manage to do it every single season. Well, every single. I know this is only the this is the fourth season, but you know they they just seem to do enough to kind of keep it respectable in terms of the standings. And um, I don't know. So, sorry. Tony, I think I may have cut you off there. Sorry. No, no, I was, I was just, I was just saying, you know, you're, you're getting to that point in the, in the schedule, as Scott was saying as well, where things are starting, you know, they ease up apparently, right? There's no easy games in the NFL, let's be honest, right? But even still, they're meant to ease up, and they will because the the, the teams we've played before now are mostly better than the teams we're going to play moving forward, outside of the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Packers. The other, te- the other games are going to play. You sh- you should have a chance of winning those other three games. We won't win. This is not going to happen. But the other ones, you're kind of on. You're you're on the line, or you're over the line with some of them. So again, though, as you've said, though Scott, it's the whole naggy thing, and you know, not being able to call plays, not being able to read the game. Um, you know, and people talk about this. You know, he's a great leader and, you know, because he's a great leader and he's a rah-rah guy, he should stay. And I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, but why? Why should he stay? Um, you know, obviously, he's not that great of a leader. But, but, but is he? And we're even, I mean, we like have... Last night. Sorry, Tony, and, and you're right. Is, is he a great leader? We have three players punching other players. We have Jalen Johnson coming out with, a you know, a, an Instagram. Now, it's not the worst thing in the world, but 
you know, what kind of respect there? I mean, does a Bill Belichick player come out giving out that Bills? You know, they're kind of be. We had something else. We have we had Eddie Jackson coming out against Lance Briggs. I mean, it, is there is there control there? Like, is he really this great leader, or is that something we've been fed that's really not true, or maybe was it true and it's just kind of ebbing away now? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if he really is this great leader. I mean, I've said a lot of, you know, Nagy's a nice guy and I, I love him to live next door, but I don't want him as coach. And I'm, I'm sick of saying all that now. I just don't want him as coach. End of story. He's had his he's had his chance. He's had his shot. It's not worked. And at this stage, I'm just, you know, it, it's time. It's time to go. And I think it's time to go is a fitting comment there. Unless any of you guys have anything else you want to throw out there we haven't covered or you want to... Just get off your chest. Look, I think, you know, I have said a lot of things and a lot of it is geared towards uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy leaving and things like that and uh, trade candidates and, and all this stuff. The question has to be, when is, when is it time for the McCaskies to say we've had enough? You know, Jeff Hughes of, of DeBear's blog, uh, I believe, said it. Uh, yesterday, no, yeah, maybe it was yesterday, maybe it was this morning, one of the two, uh, that he had a source inside uh, Bears ownership that says that basically the McCaskies are, quote, fed up. So what is going to cause them to reach a tipping point? Because we can say, hey, we want Nagy to go, we want Pace to go, we want this guy to go, we want this guy to stay. Whatever. We could say all kinds of things. What's their tipping point? What's what's going to be the thing that makes the McCaskey say, we've, we have also had enough, not just the fans? That's, I think, the answer that we all want. I'm not sure if we're going to get it, but I want to know what their tipping point is so that we can all move forward and hopefully have better seasons in the future. Because this one... I don't see much. Well, that's it. And I think that's a, a fitting place to say we'll we'll leave it there for tonight. But it's it's been great to be able to come on anyway and just vent a little bit after last night's game and get a little bit off the chest. But listen, guys, really appreciate you two being on here tonight. And uh, obviously to the guys in the chat there, we we absolutely appreciate all your support and, and you guys being in there and, and some great comments and discussion always going on in there. So um, I think the guys should be back on Wednesday evening. Um, do we? Do you guys know what time? I'm not 100 percent sure on it yet myself. Uh, I think it might be the same time again on Wednesday. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, it's either it's either three or five. It'll be. I think it's three. But... Excellent. Well, sure. That's it. Anyway, Wednesday night. Anyway, if you guys watching, there will, there will be another show. And uh, until then, I think all we can say is bear down. Bear down. Bear down. <laughs>